Hi there, this is Alana. You're listening to the Praying Christian Women podcast with me and my co-host, Jamie. How's it going, Jamie? It's going very well. How are you doing? I'm good. Today we get to talk about prayer burdens. I'm so excited that we get to cover this subject. Yeah, me too. We were just talking about how it's such an important topic and, I, you know, I we don't surprisingly have an episode devoted to it. I know it's come up in conversation in other episodes, but it's definitely something that's really, really good to talk about. Well, and even some of the subjects that we've covered before, like we're going on three years of the show. So I would be... (laughs) We should do like a, a re, not a re-recording, but like revisiting some of our very earliest subjects and see if we've changed on any of our stances or have more to add to them. I mean, that's what's so fun about these conversations. Like when we started the idea of a podcast about prayer, I know you and I were both kind of like, that's going to be hard to come up with like a new topic every single week, like yeah. week in and week out. And we, we still, how many would you guess? We probably have like at least a dozen kind of episode ideas just yeah, at background least. that you know we just kind of keep adding to them and then when it's time to record we'll pick a few so thank the good lord we haven't run out of topics yet not yet not yet and i and and i do love the fact that the more we grow and learn and the more we think about prayer in different ways the more you know uh, those episodes long long ago are would probably sound a lot different if we recorded them now <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And it would be kind of fun. Maybe we can make that, a, I don't know, a little summer side project of going back and revisiting yeah. some of our very original topics. Yeah. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Do we have a verse of the day? You know what? We don't. Isn't that strange? It's just sitting there blank and yeah, it's, it's blank. We don't have a verse of the day. So, um, I guess we'll have to jump into our just for fun questions. Sorry Let's jump that, into guys. the just for fun, but we could probably after the just for fun, maybe we can both think of a we verse. We could brainstorm. Mm-hmm. And think of I think something. we could do it. Yeah. yeah. I think well, let's so start too. with just for fun and give our brains time to think on it for a sec. So what's the strangest thing you've ever prayed for? Yeah. Um, and I think one thing that came to mind, I don't consider it strange, but some people might um, is praying for pets, praying for a dog or a friend. Uh-huh. Like I remember yeah. fairly recently we, the kids and I got together, we had a friend that had a dog that had a tumor and was going in for surgery. And uh-huh. I mean, we prayed to the point of tears for that dog. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like, we were praying for a human going into surgery just, mm-hmm. and they, they were going to biopsy it and see if it was cancerous uh-huh. and it was looking bad. And that dog, came through and is still kicking and he's doing great. And it wasn't cancer. Um, and there was another really fun one that I think I've shared on the podcast before. And Alana, I don't know if you were there physically, were you there Mm -hmm. when we prayed for the lost dog? No, not for the lost dog, but I know the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we were at a good news club, which you and your kids would come to regularly. Well, you know what probably was, I bet I was there, but I bet I was pushing your daughter in the stroller. Oh, that's right. Sometimes it was hard for her to, to sit there. So you'd teach and I just have her in the stroller walking the halls. I forgot about that. Yes. That's probably what happened. It probably was. So you were there, but I was there circle. Right. So we had one of our leaders that their dog was lost. And so all of the kids at the good news club, which is an after school Bible club, um, we all got in a circle and, and we were sharing prayer requests. And she said, my dog has been lost since yesterday. And she was tearing up about it. She was very, very sad. 
And she said, you know, we, we just really want to find her. I just hate the idea of her having spent the night by herself. And Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, we all prayed and it was so funny because as we were praying in that circle and it was, we had got, we had gotten to the part where we're praying for her dog and her phone buzzed or rang and she said, and she excused herself and went out into the hallway and they came back. And after we were done praying, she's like, that was my mother-in-law. They found the dog. Like as we were praying, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so cool. That is so cool. So, my friend's a missionary and their kids are a little younger than ours. And one of their kids, like as a preschooler, they found a caterpillar or something like that. And they were so excited. So they put it in a jar and like, you know, of course the next day, this poor animal is dead. And so this little three or four year old says, Oh, it's okay, mommy. I'll just pray for it. And Jesus will bring it back to life. Oh, that's <laughs> I know, but it's like, what do you do with that? Do you say, actually, Jesus is not going to bring this bug back to life? <laughs> or do you just kind of let them do their thing? What would you do? I think that I would allow, I would, I would not say Jesus isn't going to bring this bug back to mm-hmm. life. Cause honestly, I mean, maybe he would, I mean, I'm going to say he wouldn't, I mean, I'm guessing yeah. I'm pretty darn sure that he will not, <laughs> right. But he could, I firmly yeah. believe that he could. So I think I would let it go and just say, Jesus always, you know, God always gives us what we need. Sometimes he gives us what we want, mm-hmm. but pray, pray your heart. You know, yeah. I think I would encourage that child to pray their heart and, there was a, a girl um, in our youth group that that my husband and I were um, leading back in Virginia. And I remember that she didn't know if she believed in God. And she just said, God, if you're real, I want show me a butterfly, like, mm-hmm. let a butterfly fly by or something. And the butterfly did. And she came back to youth group and was so excited. She's like, I prayed for a butterfly and a butterfly flew right across. So I know that God is real now and I'm not advocating that we test God or that we, right. you know, do those things. Yeah. But, but sometimes he meets us where we are. God met that little girl. Well, that God met that teenage girl oh, where she God. was. Uh-huh. I don't know that he wouldn't, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe he would meet that little girl where she is. I don't know. So I think I would not limit God in any way but allow her to experience, that's the hardest part, allow her to experience disappointment in mm-hmm. prayer for herself, which is hard. We it is hard. Our kids I would have a hard time. So I think much. what I would do is I would probably like say, okay, go ahead and pray. But then I would like put in the verbal asterisk <laughs> and be right. like, well, remember though, like God has an appointed time for everything to die. And if this really was that little bug's appointed time, he's probably not going to change his mind. <laughs> for a second, I thought you were going to say while her eyes were closed, you're going to put in a living bug. <laughs> that would absolutely not be the right thing to do. I knew you were I'll just, say that. I'll just help God out a tiny, tiny bit. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't that our temptation? And what I often mm-hmm. find myself wanting to do is either help God out Yes. Especially with your kids, mm -hmm, trying to find a way that that prayer came true, even if it's a stretch. And I don't think that's the right thing to do. I I think it's important that our kids experience disappointment in prayer as Mm -hmm. well as answers to prayer and that we explain it in a way that they understand if possible. Like, you know, my, my old go-to with the, it's the happy meal prayers. My kids would pray, Mm -hmm. please God, let me get the green dragon. And I'm like, okay, remember God always gives us what we need. And sometimes he gives us what we want. 
but not always. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's one of the hard things about being a parent because those prayer disappointments, you and I know on a personal level, how faith shattering they can be. And yes. I know everybody listening, if they haven't at least firsthand experience, they've got secondhand experience with somebody who prayed fervently for something and it didn't come to pass and that did shatter their faith. And so of course we want to protect our kids from anything even remotely like that, but we can make it so watered down and make their prayers so wishy-washy that it's a little bit at, at that point, what's the point as well? Yeah. Anyway, it's all about prayer burdens. <laughs> yes. So about prayer burdens. Um, did you think of any verses that come to mind? About- We're thinking of one in Matthew. Okay. It's the uh, take my yoke upon you. Mm-hmm. So it's come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Um, something, something, something. <laughs> because my yoke is easy and my burden is light mm-hmm. and you will find rest for your souls. And I think that that's a, it's a really cool image that we have because we're thinking about prayer burdens. And sometimes, especially if you're somebody who's outside looking in and you hear me say something like, I've got such a tremendous prayer burden for persecuted believers. If you've never had a prayer burden and you don't quite know what that's like, I think a lot of people would look at that and be like, oh, that sounds exhausting, or that sounds depressing, or that sounds really hard. (laughs) And I think what that verse in Matthew can remind us of, like God's burdens are light. Mm. It's, I I think a bit similarly to like my writing muse. Yeah, it catches you up in a fever. And yeah, it's really hard work. But when you've got that passion, there's nothing else you want to be doing. And so it doesn't matter that it's work. It doesn't matter that it's hard. And I think of our prayer burdens is the same way. When God gifts you with a burden, it's not this heavy task and a heavy weight that he puts on you. It's a passion. And yes, it's hard. <laughs> yes, it can be exhausting. Yes, it's going to take your blood and your sweat and your tears. But if it's a true burden and a true prayer passion, you will not want to be doing anything but praying for that. I like that. And, you know, I've been thinking recently about just things um, like one of the litmus tests that I have, and I don't know if it's totally right or wrong, but one of the litmus tests that I have for if the thing that I'm doing is something that God is calling me to do, even if it's work, and even if it's something difficult that takes energy and exertion, Mm -hmm. there's an energizing quality to it that I actually gain energy and motivation. Even if I'm tired at the end of it, it energizes me in a way. I know that's how I was taught about spiritual gifts and I'll, I'll explain what I mean. And then I'll give my one little asterisk. Right. It's like an asterisk for this one too. There is, there Um, always is. Yeah. yeah. That's how, that's how spiritual gifts were described to me. Like back in youth group when I was first learning about it, it's something that feel would feel like work to somebody else. It's not going to feel like work to you. Um, like for me, the thought of being the kind of woman who like cooks meals for everybody at the drop of a hat and drives everybody around, like that feels really exhausting. Like that feels like a lot of coordinating and a lot of work. Mm-hmm. The thought of sitting down and praying passionately for somebody, sure, count me in, right? Whereas somebody else is going to be totally flip-flopped based on your own gift. So I do right. feel like as a very broad litmus test. I think that that is a good way. You know, what can you do that other people would feel like work that to you 
is energizing. With the asterisk being, it's not always going to be a hundred percent easy. Like the no. fact that it's a calling and a passion doesn't mean it's easy. And I'd say that's the one asterisk to to put there. And then again, like if you're going through something like you know chronic depression, nothing's going to feel fun and easy. Everything's going to feel like work. And so that would be the other kind of caveat to throw out there. But yes, in general, I would say that when you truly do find your prayer burdens, yeah, it's going to feel like work, but it's also going to feel like something that you couldn't not do. Yeah. Well, I think of second Corinthians 4, 16, 18 says, therefore we do not lose heart though outwardly we are wasting away yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. Um, and it's talking about our, our sufferings and, and things like that. But at the same time, it's, it's kind of that same idea of something that God calls you to, it might be physically exhausting, but inwardly it's, you're not gonna Mm -hmm. be burned out. I don't think Uh, you could still get burned out. I would say you still could burn out. I think Mm -hmm. you could, if you're not, but can you, would you get burned out if it's what, are you getting burned yes. out? Because you're <laughs> I know your question and the answer is yes. So you no, I think, you're... I think, so here's what I was taught. I was taught that as long as you're doing what God has called you to do, he's going to supply every single thing you need, including all the energy you need. Sure. Okay. But anecdotally, I absolutely believe that our bodies can only handle a finite amount of stress. Sometimes God's going right. to supernaturally sustain us longer but I absolutely believe that your body can decide that it's done even right. before the calling is complete. Right. And so, you know, somebody like Elijah who had this major crash, he's been prophesying for years mm-hmm. and he spent however long in the wilderness doing nothing but sleeping and eating what the birds brought to him and telling God he wished he was dead. Like to me that, yeah, that looks like burnout. It does. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I feel like I get a little bit, heated about this because I feel like we do ourselves a disservice if we if we treat burnout so glibly because then if you burn out what does that mean that means it's your fault right Right. that means you did something wrong it means that there's shame involved you know how much I feel like as Christian women we're all dealing with way too much misplaced shame you know to me saying that you know, burnout, a Christian who's in the middle of God's will is never going to burn out. It's like saying a Christian who doesn't sin is never going to catch a cold, right? Like they, they don't really influence each other (laughs) hardly at all. (laughs) Now. Yeah. Sometimes is God going to sustain you through cold season miraculously? Yeah. Sometimes is God going to carry your body past its typical tipping point? Yes. But I definitely believe that a Christian, even in the smack dab center of God's will could burn out because our bodies are only meant to handle a finite amount of stress and energy depletion and things like that. Yeah. Well, and to apply that to prayer burdens, can someone who is fervently praying and wouldn't, you know, would, like you said, would not rather be doing anything else because Mm -hmm. they feel burdened or you get to the point for me, sometimes a prayer burden comes in the form of I, the way that I can identify one is something that brings me anxiety or, or even kind of a a feeling of kind of depression. When I think about it, like, Mm -hmm. Oh, Mm -hmm. I, 
why, or, or, you know, like that whole idea, pay attention to the things that make you cry. If you, mm -hmm. if you find yourself just constantly being deeply moved by something you see in yeah. the news and it's the same theme over and over right. again, you know, mm -hmm. then you might, that might be a, a, a prayer burden because of, you know, this, this, uh, Matthew 11, 28 to 30 that you talked about, come to me, all of you that are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. If you have this burden, God wants us to place it at his feet. He wants us to yes. take that from our heavy hearts mm -hmm. and lay it at his feet because only he can do something about many of these yeah. things. Yeah, that that's such a good point. We take our burden to God. And I feel like when we talk about prayer burdens, we have this idea that God gives the burden to us and then we're just meant to carry it, mm. right? Oh, but I love yeah. the way you put it. You put it almost reverse. You know, you've got a burden. And so you take that burden to the Lord and he's the one who relieves that burden. I think that that's such a nice different way to look at it than how yeah. most of us do well and I hadn't even looked at it that way until you mm -hmm. interpreted it that way so that is kind of an <laughs> flip mm -hmm. because I do think of it as well you know God gives us prayer burdens but maybe it is just that God creates us a certain way mm -hmm. and because of who we are certain things become a burden yeah on, on our hearts to pray for so uh, I've got a funny way to help I'm gonna do this funny a uh, little trick with you. Mm. And we're going to see. So for anybody who like, I'm going to guess that at least a decent number of people listening have a decent idea of the kinds of things that they get passionate about, right? What are the things that get you upset in the news? Well, what are the things you cry about? It's absolutely fine if your burden isn't global and it's for your family or your town or your church. Um, but if you really don't know what your burden is, I think that a really interesting and insightful question to ask yourself. So I'm going to walk you through the same thing we're going to see. Okay. Mm -hmm. Off the top of your head, what are some of your favorite movies? Um, Don't try to spiritualize it. I'm not. Let's see. So the movie Almost Famous, which is. Yay. Yeah, we both like a, that one. I, I do like it about the kid that's the journalist and goes, gets swept up in this rock band. Mm -hmm. Um goodness now I'm drawing like uh, Walter Mitty the secret life of Walter Mitty I don't know that one it's it's an interesting movie about this guy that basically um has all of these like imaginary like daydreams and then uh -huh. goes from being a daydreamer kind of with a boring life to living out some of those dreams in oh interesting life. yeah okay um oh my goodness I'm totally drawing a blank I know I that's have fine so many. no that's fine um, there are a couple of war movies that I really like. Well, you've um, got some sci-fi, right? Oh, I love sci-fi. Yes. Yeah. Uh, ooh, inter. Not. Uh, well, I do like Interstellar. Um, the Arrival, or no, it's just called. I think it's just called Arrival. It's it's a fairly recent movie about like the concept of if if intelligent alien life came to Earth with a message for us. Okay. Yeah. All right, and then think about like your top couple novels that you love. Again, I'm totally drawing a blank, but I do love, I, I like several of Hemingway's novels. Okay. Um, uh, I love sci-fi. I do love sci-fi books. Um, there's one in particular, and I can't remember the name of it, but it was, uh -huh. it was about uh, intelligent life. Okay. Uh, so now what you do is yeah. you look through all of those things and you ask uh -huh. yourself, like, are there any threads that you see, maybe if not in every single one, are there threads that you see in several 
of those? Are there similar themes or similar types of character or anything like that? I also forgot to mention one of my very favorite novels is The Beloved Daughter. Um, I've read that one. You've read that one. It's by Alana Terry. <laughs> She's a Christian suspense novelist. Um, anyway, uh, and a couple of your other North Korea books are among my oh, favorites. So let's think. So connection. So mm-hmm. for me, and I, again, we, I keep going back to the Clifton strengths, but yeah, I think it's connectivity. Maybe is connectedness is, connectedness yeah, is one of my of top yeah. three or it's way high up there. I think it's my first one. I think it is. Yeah. But anything like I just, I, I, my heart just goes out for like this, like lost causes being, mm-hmm. being brought back. So I just have this heart to see restoration and restorative yeah. is another one of mine. So yeah. like, like <laughs> basically brokenness redeemed and restored. Mm, I love it. Yeah, okay. That's one and big so one. what you can ask yourself from that is how can knowing this about myself shape my prayer burdens, right? So can you think of an example of how knowing even what kind of books and movies you're drawn toward and the the thread that connects them all. Can you see how that ties into one of your prayer burdens? I could see that. I could see that just, um, you know, injustice and, and the persecuted Mm -hmm. church and, um, you know, things like that. I think probably I am definitely burdened for the injustice that happens, the suffering, like suffering in general. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think one of the ways that, I could not just pray, God, I just pray for these people that are suffering or that are being persecuted for their faith mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. whatever is I could actually pray specifically that God would use those situations and picture in my mind ways that God could use that suffering and that he could use those difficulties mm-hmm. to actually enrich the lives of those people and the people that he would use them to minister to in the future or, you know, like, yeah. I don't know, but just seeing the brokenness and just thinking forward to God as a redeemer, he's a restorer, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. knowing that that's a promise, that's who he is and praying for that quality of God to be just rained down on those people that are suffering right now. And yeah, I don't know. Does that? Yeah. No, I love that. You know, and so I would say if you're listening and have no idea what your prayer burden is, go through that exercise. Um, Let me throw out just a totally different hypothetical like let's say that you love watching cooking shows and rom-coms and you look at that list and like oh you know what am I supposed to pray for you know the bakery next door (laughs) but even something like that you know what is it about those shows and storylines that you love is it the the relationships is it the romance right and so maybe for you it's about this feel of being like you use the word connected like being connected to those around you and having this like sweet harmonious cozy feel well you know what maybe your prayer burden is to pray for the harmony in your town and in your church and in your family and in your relationships right so i don't want everybody to feel like Jamie and I, when we talk about prayer burdens, we talk about global things because those are the burdens that God has put on our heart. But I don't want you to feel like there's sort of this hierarchy and be like, well, the only burden I could think of is praying for my family. Well, no, that's the burden that God has gifted you with. That's the passion he's gifted you with. And nobody can pray for your family like you can. 
right? Like literally nobody is going to cover your family in prayers the way that you can and will. So again, this isn't a place to compare or anything like that. And yeah, I would say like, what are the things you're drawn toward, even just in your entertainment? And what might that show you about your prayer burden? Like, I like to play Tetris when I'm not doing anything else and I find it relaxing. And you know what? Like, I love seeing how little pieces fit into bigger pieces. Mm -hmm. And I feel like my prayers can help things that feel scary and chaotic on a global Mm -hmm. level fit together because I am praying for God to use this over here and that over there and this over here. So even something really silly, like a video game you like to play on your phone when you're bored can give you a tiny bit of a clue as to the sorts of burdens God might be placing on you to pray for. Yes. And I had never thought about that aspect of it. Cause I, I typically think about, well, read the newspaper, you know, read the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. headlines and see what about those things, whether it's local or global, but right. many of your prayer burdens may not have anything to do with anything that, that reaches the headlines. So, mm-hmm. so that's a great other way to really start. I love that about movies and books. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't have great answers because I wasn't able to think about it. But if you have that in the back of your mind, as you search for entertainment, what are the, Mm -hmm. that's a really great, and I'm going to be doing that just to kind of, yeah. Or what do you love to do in your free time, right? Like, let's say you had Mm -hmm. a week to do anything, what would you do? And how can that tie into your prayer burden? Maybe you're the, you know that you would jump on a cruise ship and travel because you love being around people and you love going to new places. Well, you know what? Your prayer burden might be for people in other parts of the world, right? Like there are so many clues that God has given us. And if you train yourself to start looking for those, you really can see a lot. Like I even find we we did a whole episode about it because I'm finding so many prayer parallels in taking care of all my house plants yeah. right like for me it's about nurturing and growing and okay so my prayers I know that I'm called to pray for the maturity of believers I'm not called just to pray for people to get saved I'm called to pray them to maturity right so there are so many clues that God has thrown about and if you open your eyes to them he's going to make those clear to you I love that. So my next question is, can prayer burdens change and evolve and morph over Mm -hmm. time and Mm -hmm. during different seasons? Absolutely. You know, like in my case, I have one prayer burden that was lifted and I believe it's because God already answered that prayer. So you brought up my very first novel, The Beloved Daughter, Mm -hmm. and it's set in a North Korean prison camp. And I wrote it in about 2010 or so, and it was published in 2013. And I researched a specific camp that was a hard labor camp where North Korean prisoners were sent. It was one of several, but I researched a specific one and named it in my novels and would have a tremendous prayer burden for that specific camp. And the picture I had in my head was of this whole camp being like the ground itself being reclaimed for the Lord, right? So like I had a picture in the future of Christians meeting at this space where this camp used to be and the camp's not there anymore. And instead they get to meet there and worship and praise the Lord. And that was a prayer burden for years. And then I couldn't even tell you how long ago, years ago, um, 
I happened to be looking something up for another North Korean novel. I think I just, I needed to remind myself what the name of the biggest town was near this camp. And I found an article in the news. This camp is no longer a detention center. Wow. And now like worst case scenario, all those prisoners were killed. Like it doesn't necessarily mean like, right? Like it's not, it's not happy, happy always. Like North Korea still needs prayers, but I no longer pray for that camp because stage one of my prayers has already been answered. There were no longer Christians being imprisoned at that specific location anymore. And so, you know, that's a kind of dramatic case of, yeah, if, if your prayer burden is for Johnny to get saved and Johnny gets saved, okay, like my opinion, just based on my prayer burdens is now you pray for his sanctification, but let's say Johnny gets saved and then he dies and now he's in heaven, right? You're not going to keep on praying for Johnny to get saved and go to heaven because it's already happened. So those are cases very clearly where your prayer burden can change. But I think that even based on life circumstances, absolutely. I was praying for the persecuted church much more fervently when the kids were little. And now there's lots of other stuff like taking up some of that mental space. And Mm -hmm. so my prayer burden for the persecuted church has less space and that's fine, right? We talk so much about the seasonality of prayer. And so I see that as an example of, no, I haven't lost that prayer burden, but it looks a little bit different now just because my schedule is different now. Yeah. Well, and I think about prayer burdens within our own families And Mm -hmm. just how my prayers have changed so much over the years for, Mm -hmm. and even from, from week to week for different members of my immediate family that I, you know, for a season pray fervently for a certain thing. And then another one might have a different focus, or there might be one child that takes more of my focus at one stage Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. another. And then that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And that that is okay. You know, we talked in the last episode we recorded when we were talking about, um, you know, is it selfish to pray for yourself? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, there are different, a balanced prayer life and, and the prayer life that God is calling you to doesn't have to be equal, equally distributed Mm -hmm. among every. Yes. Exactly. Probably shouldn't be because that's more of a, hey, I'm going to take control and I'm going to pray for 30 seconds for each person Mm -hmm. on my list. Whereas Mm -hmm. being open to the Holy Spirit, really guiding and directing those prayers, you know, you're probably going to pray more for some than others different times. And I think the same goes for any kind of prayer burden. Yeah. So there needs to be freedom. Mm -hmm. Yes. Freedom, no guilt. And yeah, don't worry if your prayer burden does change. Like, Sometimes I remember when I recognized that I was praying less fervently for North Korea than I had been, I fought it for a little bit. Like I thought that therefore my job was to muster up passion and Mm -hmm. to muster up discipline. And no, I just think, like I said, I'm at a different spot right now. My burden hasn't gone away. It just, it looks different now and that's okay. So I think that, you know, if we think about prayer as this journey that God is taking us on, your prayer life today shouldn't look like it did last year, right? It you, you should be growing in the things that you're praying for. We should be able to have some things that we're checking off our list because we prayed for them and they did come to pass. You know, maybe should's not the word to use, but you get what I'm saying. Like if, mm-hmm. if we're committed to prayer, our 
prayers today shouldn't be the same kind of prayers we're praying a year from now, right? Because God will have answered some of them, or God will have said no to some of them, Mm -hmm. or God will have placed other prayer needs on our heart. And yeah, I think like what you said, being open to that helps us to just sit back and enjoy the ride and to not stress out about it as much as we tend to. Agreed. Well, all (laughs) righty. You heard it here first, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Well, is there any, anything else pertaining to prayer burdens you want to, that you feel burdened to share? Oh, but um, um, maybe, (laughs) you know, so we talked some about identifying your prayer burden, but maybe we can talk about like, what do you do once you know your prayer burden? Because for some people, they might be like, well, I know I, I get sad when I think about all the orphans in the world, but So does that mean I need to go adopt? Does that mean I need to go on a mission trip? What does that mean? Right? So like, what do you do once you identify your prayer burden? Um, And I'm just going to be really glib and tell you the answer is to pray. So there we go. Now we're ready to sign off. Hashtag just pray. Just pray. (laughs) That would make some cool merch, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Just in case (laughs) go to our threadless store. Um, my one thing that that that's really that you touched on very very important I think is that when you have a prayer burden pray absolutely and but sometimes and often if you're really burdened about the you know the topic or topics that that are heavy on your heart many times in praying for those things you will notice calls to act so for instance alana your passion and prayer burden for years has been the persecuted church Mm -hmm. all kinds of fundraisers for liberty in north korea Mm -hmm. all kinds of things you went to uh you went to korea for you know there so there are all these different actions that that can come out of that burden um so don't be surprised if as you're praying these other things and opportunities, don't be afraid. Don't, don't limit yourself by, well, I'm only, this is only a prayer burden and nothing else is going to come of this. Um, at the same time, I think a a pitfall would be to think, oh, I'm only praying for this. So I'm not making a difference. Mm -hmm. It couldn't be further from the truth. Prayer is so powerful and sometimes all of the work. Absolutely. And sometimes you might be afraid. You might be like, well, I don't want to pray for missionaries because then that means God's going to call me to the mission (laughs) field. Like, don't assume that that's what it means. Like not everybody who has a heart for missions is on the mission fields, right? Some Mm -hmm. of us are called to be the behind the scenes, the prayers, the givers, the logistics support people, the people who like take care of the college age kids that the parents are worried about back in the, you know, back home, right? There's, there's so much more to being somebody with a heart for missions and being the missionary. And so that would be the flip side of Jamie's warning is don't, don't be afraid to pursue your prayer burden because you think it automatically means that God's going to call you to something that, that uh, you're not ready for now. Yeah. Does God call us for things you're not ready for? Sure. But don't let that be an excuse to not pray. (laughs) for something. And sometimes your prayer burden will result in a tangible calling, right? Like I look at my prayer burden for the persecuted church and for North Korea. And I look at the five North Korea based novels I've got that I wrote sitting on my shelf. And to me, it almost does feel like my, my work is finished, right? That's the culmination. (laughs) Like I had crazy nightmares about persecution my entire teenage years, all the way up until I wrote The Beloved Daughter. 
-hmm. And then those nightmares stopped, right? So in my case, like putting those, putting that burden into the tangible product of a novel was almost the, the culmination and my prayer burden, like I said, my, my burden hasn't gone away. It just looks a lot different now. It's almost, um, you know, not to be a Marvel geek, but I am. So I want to apologize. Like in Endgame, at the very end, there's a scene where one of the main characters is about to die and his wife comes to him and she says, it's okay. You can rest now, right? Like he saved the world for the 10th time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was time for him to rest. And sometimes I think that's also something for us to acknowledge and remember. Sometimes we can rest from these burdens. So you've been praying for Johnny to be saved. And you know what? Johnny is saved. It is okay to sigh that sigh of relief. It doesn't mean that you immediately need to adopt a new prayer burden the next day, mm-hmm. right? Like you can sometimes just sit back and be thankful that God has answered your prayers and trust that the the next prayer burden is going to come to you at the right time. I don't want anybody to feel like they need to muster up a prayer burden, right? Right, right. To be in the club, to be a real, <laughs> you know, cold true, prayers, I'll pray like this. Prayer, you have to have yeah. a quote prayer burden, which, you know, I mean, it's just a, a word for something mm-hmm. God is, it's, it's not, you know, I remember in the days of college where everyone was like, oh, my life verse is such mm-hmm. and such. Yeah. And to be a real mature Christian, we all chose our life verse. So if mm-hmm. you didn't have a, when someone asked you, what is your life verse? Yeah. You felt pretty good about yourself for having one right off the top and of your head. Half of those people probably forgot what their life verse had been 20 right. years ago. <laughs> right. So it's the same with, you know, it, it it's not like someone's going to come up to you and say, what's your prayer burden? You know, are you that kind of prayer or, but you right. Know, so yeah, yeah. We, we don't want to be clubby about it. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes it's okay. Even if somebody does ask you to be like, I don't know, but I'm open for God to show me. Yeah. Right. Yep. I, absolutely. I have never prayed for something on a global level more than I did for North Korea and the persecuted church. But my prayers do not look today like they did back then. I'm fine with that. I'm not out eager to find, I'm to be totally honest, a prayer burden like that is exhausting. <laughs> I would be absolutely fine if God gave me a pat on the shoulder and said, okay, that's, that's enough. <laughs> right. And in a way I kind of like, I'm at a stage where I feel like I can sigh a little bit of a sigh of relief. Like, wow, that was a roller coaster, like 10 years of super intense prayer. Mm-hmm. And now I'm I don't even want to say like I'm between prayer burdens. I haven't lost my burden, but it's just, it's, it's less exhausting. It's less intense. And I'm fine with that because that degree of intercession takes so much out of you. And it's not necessarily meant to be like a daily kind of thing. Sometimes it might even be a once in a lifetime thing. Like if you've ever prayed for somebody that you love, who's a prodigal or who's in a terrible accident and you're praying for their recovery and survival. Every so often we get these prayer burdens that are like intense bursts and we're not able to sustain that indefinitely, right? Sometimes I I really feel like there are some types of prayer that we feel as a burden so heavily. Maybe it is a once in a lifetime kind of praying, right? Like, or a once a decade sort of thing, because we can't sustain that every single day of our lives. We're not meant to. Sometimes it's nice to just have a day where you can sit back and thank God for the nice weather and for your, you know, 
nice cup of coffee that tastes so good. <laughs> so don't want anybody to feel any sense of like, oh, I've got to muster something up. Or if I'm not praying super intensely every single day of my life that I'm missing out on what God has for me, just be open for God to show you things that he wants you to pray for passionately about. When he does show you those things, be obedient to those. And then from there, I, I really feel it's a sit back and enjoy the roller coaster because it can be a huge roller coaster when God places those burdens on you. Yeah. Well, another thought is if you tend to be either if you're new to prayer or maybe you tend to be, um, you know, more of a doer and less of a prayer. If, if God has equipped you and designed you to be a doer, look at the things that you're involved in, like the activities that you're, that you enjoy doing, whether it's ministry with your church or whether it's even just, you know, maybe you're a golfer and you go to the golf club once a week to play with people. I don't know. I'm, I'm just making stuff up. Think about the things that you enjoy doing, the things that you're already doing, and and maybe come up with ways to incorporate prayer into those things that you're already mm, passionate about. I love that. Yeah. So maybe maybe your golf is your passion and you go to the golf club. And you know, I mean, there there might be quite a few prayer warriors at a church ministry event, but how many are at the golf club every week? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. or the bowling mm-hmm. league or whatever, however you choose to spend your time and enjoy it, the knitting circle. I don't know. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. kind of be creative about opening opportunities for you to pray during and and in activities and about activities that you are already passionate about doing. Mm -hmm. Yes. That makes so much more sense than trying to create passion out of nothing. Right. (laughs) as you know as a creative minded person I really do think about the muse it's it's something that happens to you you can create a scenario where inspiration is more likely to come right like you can have margins in your life so you're not so busy that when the next big idea comes you aren't you're too busy to be ready for it Mm -hmm. we can do things like that to be prepared and equipped but I would much rather wait and let God gift the passion to me than to, you know, go anxiously about fretting because I haven't found it yet. Yeah. Or to make something up to sound more spiritual, you know, and to be, well, my prayer burden is this, this, or this, and you've latched onto that. So you miss the, the true, you're not open to seeing the one that God mm-hmm. might bring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so as a takeaway, just make sure that your life and schedule and even your prayer time has a little bit of margin or a lot bit of margin yeah. so that there's room for God to add a burden there. And then again, yeah, sit back and enjoy the ride. Cause it is one heck of a ride. All right. Well, thank you. This is such a fun topic and I hope it was encouraging to people listening and if you have a prayer burden that you want to share I think um, we would love to hear that I think that sometimes hearing other people's burdens can really help you because like if like I said if you just listen to Jamie and me you might think that all prayer burdens have to be about like global events (laughs) or something and there were so many different types of prayer burdens that aren't even on my radar or Jamie's radar. So if you wanted to join our Facebook group, that could be a fun place to have these sorts of discussions in the praying Christian women community on Facebook or leave us a comment or anything like that. Are we ready to close with our blessing and benediction? 
Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. May God fill your heart with greater joy than all the world could ever offer. May he fill you with joy in his presence. May God himself be your joy and your delight. Through sorrow and sadness, may the joy of the Lord be your strength. May the Holy Spirit himself anoint you with the oil of joy and gladness and strengthen and encourage your spirit this day and forevermore. And our benediction is from Psalm 20, verses 1 through 5. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he grant your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May we shout for joy over your salvation. And in the name of our God, set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show. And we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to him and change the world one prayer at a time.